Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of the Study with C. Martin podcast. I'm your host, Shonda Martin. If you are just joining us for the first time today, the Study with C. Martin podcast is the audio companion to my study, Bible study textbook, workbook, and free online Bible study course. Visit us online at studywithcmartin.com. There you can register for the free online course and access and download all the materials chapter by chapter for free. Before we get started today, we're going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you that you have heard me every single time that I have prayed. I thank you that you have favored us, that you have favored me, that your favor surrounds this place as a shield. I thank you, Father, that you have filled us all with the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you with the eyes of our understanding continually being enlightened, that we know what is the hope we fear calling, that we know what are the riches of the glorious inheritance of your saints in light, and that we all know, see, demonstrate, and experience the exceeding greatness of your power, which is at work to us, for us, and toward us who believe your word. God, I thank you for your favor and your grace and your mercy in this place, in every place that we occupy. And thank you for the healings that spring forth as a result of studying your word and believing your word and applying your word in our everyday lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, if you're joining us for the first time and you have not already listened to the previous episodes, I ask that you come off of this episode, listen to the previous ones, and then come back to this one once you get caught up to speed. We are wrapping up part three of the study course. And today we're actually going to be covering chapter 15. So we've covered a lot of material up to this point. So get caught up and come back to this one once you get caught up to speed. So again, part three is entitled Understanding What Can Hinder Our Prayers and Cause Sickness and Harm to Come, Be, or Remain. And chapter 15, we are going over a couple of reminders of what we've learned thus far. So chapter 15 is simply entitled Remember It Is Finished. It is my sincere hope that the material that we have covered in these last two sections, chapters 3 to 14, has helped you to understand spiritual law, man's dominion, and spiritual authority, how to pray according to the word of God and receive what you pray for every time you pray, and how to have and maintain healing, not just for yourself, but for others as well. Now, we've covered a lot of things in this course so far many of which may still seem a little bit challenging for some of you to grasp or believe. But always remember that the foundation for what we have studied is the Word of God. I encourage you to take some time to study all of the scriptures mentioned in these last two sections for yourself, again and again, until you build confidence in His Word. Continue studying His Word in context for yourself so that you can have everything that Jesus was crucified, buried, and resurrected for you to have. Now, again, the anchor for what we believe must always be the word of God, not theories, traditions, opinions, previous personal experiences, or the previous personal experiences of others. As we have covered at length, subscribing to opinions, theories, or family or social traditions won't produce God's power to heal or help you. But hearing, believing, and speaking the word of God will always cause his power to be at work in your life. Remember what we covered in Romans 10. Just knowing what the word of God says alone won't make his power be at work in your life. And you don't get a faith pass just because you're a good church member. Whether you are the spiritual baby or the mature Christian, you must continually hear, believe, and speak the word of God if you want to have what the word of God says. Situations and circumstances may try to come day after day or randomly out of the blue. 
It is only by continually hearing and hearing the word of God that we can expect to be anchored in the word of God, enabling us to resist the works of the devil by having the power of God continually at work in our lives every time we believe and speak according to his word. When you believe his word for yourself, you will know for yourself. In the past few chapters, we have covered a lot on what the word of God says about healing and answered prayer. So I end this section with a disclaimer. Do not give away all of your possessions, throw away all of your medication, or make any other rash decisions as soon as you finish going through this material. You will know for yourself if and when you have heard enough of the word of God to really believe what the Bible says about your healing and answer prayer. When you really believe the word of God in your heart, no one will have to talk you into believing that you're healed. Just as the woman with the issue of blood knew that she'd be healed as soon as she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, you will also know for yourself when what you believed has come to pass. And the scripture reference for that woman's testimony is in Mark chapter 5, verses 25 to 34. If you don't really believe what the word of God says in your heart and you can't tell in your body that you're healed, don't throw away your medication or change any of your eating habits. Keep doing what your doctor told you to do until you get revelation or manifestation that tells you otherwise. Yes, the Bible is 100% true and yes, Jesus did 100% redeem us. However, healing is revealed in your body when after hearing and hearing the word of God, you actually believe his word for yourself. Even though we have been redeemed and it is God's will for every person to be healed, saved, and helped, every person will not be healed, saved, or helped. By now, we understand that there can be times where people won't receive healing or help because they never knew that they could be healed or helped in the first place. But there can also be times when we can be disappointed and frustrated because friends and family members don't receive healing, help, or salvation, even though they said they believed the word of God, they asked others to pray, and you sincerely and earnestly prayed for them according to the word of God. But why don't they? Well, Some won't receive healing or help because they fail to exercise their spiritual authority. Some won't receive healing or help because they violated spiritual law or joined themselves to someone else's judgment consequences. Some won't receive healing or help because even though they actually did hear what the Bible says, some will choose to remain hard-hearted and or make up their minds to firmly reject healing and help in one way or the other. How do they do that? Even though the person and or their steward might ask you to pray for them, some will believe and accept that their lives will only follow the direction of superstitions, bad dreams they've had, deja vu, or the constant negative words spoken about them by others. Some will believe and accept that the diagnosis or circumstances must be fate, must be the Lord's will, that it's just their time, and that they should just embrace it and accept it because that's just how things go sometimes. In other instances, After being in a bad situation for a while, facing back-to-back challenges or losses, or seeing others in a similar situation not receive healing or help after they prayed, some will choose to accept their state of affairs or even die because they're tired of fighting and are ready to go on home to be with the Lord. Some will choose to keep their challenging circumstances, choose to remain sick, and even choose to die prematurely because of sin and disobedience. They refuse to repent admit they were wrong, apologize, or correct the issues that gave place to the sickness or circumstance in the first place. And this doesn't just apply to correcting blatant acts of sin and disobedience. This also applies to correcting the words that we speak from one day to the next. 
Even after hearing what the word of God says about the power of our words and how our words can cause us to act on or even violate spiritual law, some will still choose to continually confess that sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Sometimes you never can tell what God's going to do, or it just may not be God's will to heal or help everybody. And then still wonder why the power of God is not at work in their circumstance. Why God did not just circumvent or override the words of their own mouths. Similarly, some will choose to keep their challenging circumstances, choose to remain sick, and even choose to die because they enjoy the attention they receive as a result of keeping that sin and disobedience and dysfunction or having that situation or condition. Again, that doesn't sound logical that somebody would want to remain sick or want to even die as a result of holding on to bad behavior or refusing to make correction or because of attention. I mean, think about what that looks like. Some people like pity parties. If I come around and always talk to you about my aching back or I talk about how bad my children are, that makes people say, oh, girl, you hang in there. You sure are putting up a good fight, man. God sees you. You, you just hold on. Keep holding on to God's unchanging hand. It garners responses from people. And the thing is, it's like you have to ask yourself, what do you want? Just like how Jesus said, you know, when people pray to be seen, they have their reward. What do you want? What is the goal of you complaining or lamenting about a situation? If all you want is for people to throw you a pity party, then that's all you're going to get from that by continually confessing how bad the situation is or how dysfunctional the problem is or how long you've been suffering with that situation. Because if you have a problem and you really want God to do something about it, you're going to follow his instructions so you can get the help that only he can provide for you. Amen. I've had people over the years to talk to me about praying with them or for them for healing or any other situation. And instead of receiving what the word of God says about the situation, they wanted to continue to lament about how bad the situation was. Continuing to lament about the situation does nothing to help you. It just allows the situation to continue and get progressively worse. I told them, I said, if you just want to have a pity party, I'm not going to continue this pity party. But if you want to have what God said, we're going to talk about what the word says so you can have his power at work. Amen. What other kinds of attention can people get from having dysfunction or sickness or distress besides people wanting to participate in their pity party? Sometimes, depending on who your audience is, it doesn't take much prompting to get people to act on your behalf. I remember years ago, one time this pastor, he was sharing a story about how he was counseling this married couple and he counseled them together and individually. And when he was talking with the wife individually, she told him that the husband was mean and unbearable and wouldn't let her have access to money so that she could buy what she needed. And she went on and on talking about how terrible her husband was. Instead of the pastor taking that information and waiting to hear what the husband had to say before rendering some kind of an opinion, he immediately came to the wife's defense and began to berate the husband. That's terrible. You're supposed to be a man of God. How dare you treat your wife this way? How dare you this and how dare you that? You should be ashamed of yourself without fully hearing all of the facts first. After he finished berating the husband, the husband began to tell him his side of the story that he had to put his wife on a financial restriction because she had gotten out of control with her spending. She had run up all of these different kinds of bills and debts 
and he had to put her on some kind of a budget in order to keep them from encountering financial ruin. And after hearing the husband's side of the story, the pastor felt ashamed because he ran off to act without having all of the information first. That's an example of the kind of attention people can receive as a result of talking about their situation. They know that if they get in front of the right audience, they can say a couple of words about their situation that may or may not be fully accurate, but it's just enough to cause somebody to act on their behalf. It's just enough to make somebody to go and say some choice words to your husband or say some choice words to your kid, your employee, your neighbor down the street or your sister or your cousin or your best friend. And in the moment, it feels good that somebody is listening to us and you can see how eager they are to come to your rescue. But if you know that the information that you have given them is not completely accurate and they have the potential to go off and cause harm, if they go off and cause harm as a result of what you said, you have given place for your own prayers to be hindered. You can't expect healing and help to spring forth in your body or your situation when you have been the catalyst for someone else to trip, stumble, and fall. But that's an example of how people end up going without healing and help because as a result of not putting away sin and disobedience or making correction, they want to hold on to those situations because of the attention that they are receiving from it. In other instances, some will choose to keep their challenging circumstances, choose to remain sick, and choose to even die prematurely because they would rather keep their circumstance, sickness, and die instead of accepting help or prayer from you in particular, Christians in general, people from your ethnic group, people of your gender or social status, people they don't get along with, or any other person that they just despise or hold in low esteem. And that's also disappointing to hear that somebody would actually rather die than accept help. That's a terrible state for somebody to be in. Lastly, there will be those who won't receive healing or help and you may never know why, as the reason may remain a secret thing between them and God. And we see that scripture reference in Deuteronomy 29, 29. And if it's a secret thing, we just have to let that alone. There can be times when God can reveal things to you concerning other people. But if it's a secret thing, it won't be revealed and you just need to leave it alone. We can be frustrated and upset when friends and family members have died in spite of us praying and believing God for their healing or their help. But we don't always know what was going on with the person. They may have outwardly confessed that they believed God, that they were believing for healing and help and so on and so forth. We don't know what people do all the time. You don't know what activities people may have been involved in. And even if the person wasn't involved in any ungodly activities in particular, they may just not have believed the word of God in their hearts. They might have confessed it outwardly, but believed something different in their heart. Nevertheless, always remember that just because there may be some that don't receive healing or help, their failure to receive healing and help was never because it wasn't God's will to heal or help every person. So we got to remember that. Again, faith is the only action that is required for you to receive anything from God. Some have struggled with what the Bible says in James 2.17, which says faith without works is dead, thinking that they need to stop taking their medication or try to jump out of their wheelchair as some kind of faith action to prove to others that they believe the word of God. However, many have failed to realize that having faith just means that you believe the word of God until it comes to pass. 
As we previously studied, when the 10 lepers came to Jesus to be healed, he told them to go show themselves to the priest, even though they could see no visible change in their condition. And we see that story in Luke 17 verses 11 through 19. Now those lepers, they did not do that as some random faith action. They did it because according to Old Testament law, it was required. Jesus never required anyone with any other kind of ailment to go show themselves to the priest. Furthermore, Jesus never asked anybody to prove that they believed him. Every person that came to Jesus believing that he could do what they asked for, received what they asked for. And it's no different for any person who believes and calls on the name of the Lord today. There can certainly be times when the Holy Spirit will give us a specific instruction concerning things that we have prayed about. And as it pertains to healing, if he has not given you a specific direction, just keep believing and speaking the word and follow the instructions of your health care provider until you know and believe that you're healed or the Lord tells you otherwise. Far too often, we can come up with faith actions on our own, thinking that if we can do something to prove to God or prove to others that we really believe that God's power will somehow manifest and heal us. Sadly, when we choose to do those faith actions, we end up disappointed, falling flat on our faces and wondering why the power of God didn't work. Remember, Jesus said, if you have faith, you will speak, not do faith actions. He said that in Matthew 17, 20. He said, you will speak. He didn't say you do faith actions. On one occasion, a young man asked Jesus, teacher, what do we need to do to work the works of God? He said, believing is how we work the works of God. He said that in John chapter six, verses 28 and 29. And after you keep hearing and hearing and keep speaking, that according to the word of God, that you are healed and helped, that God has heard you and has answered your prayer, that you do have what you pray for, you will soon discover that you really do believe that you're healed and your prayers have been answered. And when that happens, you definitely won't be doing anything for show. Remember, every promise in the word of God, including healing, is a finished, complete work. But the spirit and power of God cannot produce what we do not believe. Again, Jesus does not have to come down from heaven and be nailed to another cross for anyone to be saved, and he does not need to take stripes on his back again for our healing. We don't have to beg him for it or make a special offering at church. We don't have to fast for days and nights to get it. Our Father in heaven provided the only sacrifice that could ever pay for our healing, help, and answer prayer, and his name is Jesus. And all we have to do to receive what God provided for us through Jesus is to believe his word and speak that we believe it. Again, it's finished, so remember what you've learned about sin, disobedience, and lying vanities. When you pray, believe that you received what you prayed for. But after you pray, remember to walk in love and keep your hands clean. Don't let sin or disobedience hinder you from having what you prayed for. If you know you have done wrong or wronged others, stop and repent and make whatever corrections are necessary. Don't let simple sins and failing to subdue the works of the devil hinder you from having the good that we're supposed to have because of Jesus. Righteousness, which just means believing and accepting that you are, have, and can do everything that the word of God says that you are, have, and can do because of Jesus. Righteousness really does matter. And holiness, willingly obeying the word of God in your everyday life really does matter. We cannot partially believe the Bible 
and partially obey the Bible and still expect what the word of God says to come to pass in our lives. Again, God is not withholding the good. We see that in Psalm 84, 11. He's not keeping back what you prayed for or called for. Isaiah 119 assures us that if we are willing and obedient, we will most certainly have all of the good that God promised in his word. But what did we learn about lying vanities? Lying vanities are just lies. They are not the truth. From the moment you prayed, the power of God went to work immediately to bring about the change that you desired. You absolutely do have every good thing that you prayed for, but lying vanities try to give the appearance and impression that what you prayed for hasn't come to pass yet. But you got to remember that liar, the devil tries to stir up the appearance of sickness to try to get you to believe and speak that you're not healed, that you're sick so you can have sickness. He tries to stir up the appearance of negative signs of aging to get you to believe and speak that your youth is not renewed like the eagles so that you can have negative signs of aging. He tries to stir up the appearance of allergies and reactions to food and drinks to get you to believe and speak that your food and drink aren't blessed so you can have those food-related allergies and ailments. He tries to stir up the appearance of dysfunction and discord in your relationships to get you to believe and speak that instead of peace, you have dysfunction and discord so you can have dysfunction and discord. He tries to blind our minds to the truth, to what the word of God says about our situations making it appear that either the word of God doesn't really work or that our prayers have not been answered yet so we can believe and speak that our prayers haven't been answered yet, causing us to go without what we really do have because of Jesus. But let's look at that last bullet a little more closely. The Bible tells us the God of this age, the devil, has blinded the minds of unbelievers, those who don't know or fully believe the word of God, so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And that scripture is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. The Bible also says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and our Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our lord jesus christ but whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins or redeemed. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that passage is found in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1-10. to 10. 
One interesting thing to remember, medical science teaches us that vision does not actually occur in our eyeballs. Rather, it occurs in our brains and our eyes reflect and project the image that we see in our brains. What does that have to do with believing we receive what we prayed for? Faith begins in our hearts. Then we see what we believe in our minds. When people have not heard enough of the gospel to believe it, Satan blinds people's minds to keep them from believing and seeing the truth. But we know better now, so stop letting yourself be or remain blinded. Again, looking back at that passage, it says, grace and peace is multiplied to you through the knowledge of God the Father and Jesus our Lord. He has given us everything that we need for an abundant life through the knowledge of him. It's through knowledge. It's through knowledge. It's through knowledge. Not just regular book knowledge, but the knowledge of him, the knowledge of who he is and what he has done. And again, the more you know, the more you are supposed to grow and mature in the things of God. In that passage in 2 Peter, he said, add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control. The more you know, you should be behaving like a kid having a tantrum. You should have some self-control. And to your self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection. That means walking in love. He says, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have these things is nearsighted and blind because it causes you to forget that you've been cleansed, that you've been redeemed. Come on. And it says, make every effort, make every effort to apply the word of God to your life every day. Don't get stale in the things of God. Continue to grow and grow and grow in the word of God every day. Again, because we know better now, don't let yourself be or remain blinded. Instead of focusing on lying vanities and remaining silent as Satan goes before God day and night to declare that you're an unworthy sinner who has no right to healing or help. And we see the scripture reference for that in Revelation 12, 10. Focus on what the word of God says and use your words day and night to confess and declare the truth. Speak that you believe that you are healed, that you are prosperous, that God has heard and answered your prayers, that he has restored your family, that you really do have every good thing that you have prayed for. Keep believing, keep speaking, keep believing, keep speaking, keep believing, and keep speaking. Even if doubt or unbelief try to say nothing has changed or why didn't it work, you just keep believing and speaking that you do believe you received what you prayed for. That's right, you've already got it. No matter what symptoms of sickness or distress or challenges might try to come against you or your family, keep believing his word and remind yourself that it really is finished because you are redeemed. Now praise the Lord because you really do believe that you receive what you prayed for. Again, with this study course, this material is not a one and done. This is not a, okay, I I zip through these chapters. I can say that I read through the Bible in a year. I did such and such and such. I'm accomplished. I can check that off. This is study material that you have to feeding yourself with over and over again. Why? Because just like a soldier in the military, you got to keep yourself sharp. The devil doesn't take any days off from trying to steal, kill, and destroy. So you have to make sure that you are sharpened with the word of God so that you give him no place in your life. You don't give him any place in your relationships, in your parenting, in your marriage, in your business, in your finances, in your health, in your ministry. Don't give him any place. 
you keep believing and speaking what the word of God says, deliverance is nigh you. It has come upon you. It's already on you. Just walk in it. Believe that you are healed. Believe that you are free. Believe that your marriage is restored. Believe that his favor surrounds you as a shield and he's caused you to inherit the kingdom. Come on, believe that right now. Believe that and confess that right now. Speak that over your life. Speak that over your marriage. Speak that over your children. They're not wavered anymore. They're not disrespectful anymore. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Place your hands on yourself and declare by his stripes, I was healed. I am healed in Jesus name. My youth is renewed like the eagles in Jesus name. Satan, take your hands off of me. I don't belong to you. I belong to God. By his stripes, I was healed. My marriage is blessed and restored. My children are walking upright before the Lord in Jesus' name. Come on, speak the word over your life. Every unjust thing has been restored in Jesus' name. Everything has been set right in Jesus' name. Amen. Where you need to review any of this material, take time and review it. Go back through the material again. Listen to these podcasts over and over. Go back through the material. Go back through the course. There's no charge. It's all free. Go back over the material and let this food get into your soul. Because now that we have gotten this word about understanding spiritual law, spiritual authority, and man's dominion over the earth, and we understand how to use our words to uphold and enforce things in the kingdom of God, and we understand the different ways that the Bible says that we are to have and maintain healing for ourselves and to minister healing to others. In the next course part, in part four, we're going to learn about ministering to others, preaching the gospel, and what we can expect when Jesus returns. So if you're ready, we're going to dive into part four next. Okay. So again, we have concluded chapter 15. That means that we have finished part three. If you have been tracking along with us in the course on the studywithcmartin.com website, and you've completed the assessments up to this point, you have completed part three, which means that your certificate for completing this course part is available in your profile. So congratulations on all your hard work. And again, the certificate is just a little nugget to help you to keep going because we have put in work in going over this material. But the certificate is not why we go through this material. We go through this material so that we can understand what the word of God says so that we can correctly apply it in our everyday lives and see his real life power at work. Amen. But again, when we come together next time, we are going to dive into part four of the study course, and we're going to learn how to take this gospel and minister to others. Amen. Glory to God. You excited? You should be. (laughs) You should be. All right. If you need to reach me, send me a message. You can send an email to contact at studywithcmartin.com. You can fill out the contact form on the studywithcmartin.com website. You can message me on Instagram or Facebook at Study with C. Martin, or you can send an audio message or audio testimony at anchor.fm forward slash study with C. Martin. I want to thank you again for spending time with me today in the word of God. And I look forward to studying with you next time on the Study with C. Martin podcast. Until next time, take care. <laughs>